0: Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to A Conversation with Jaron Jackson on Common Law. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher. Soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Wednesday, July 19th in the year 2023. You know, it's An education is what we're about ready to launch into tonight, which is not just going to be tonight. It's going to be many programs, including a special event program we're going to do on the 30th online, but we'll talk more about that later. But tonight we're being introduced to common law, and it's been a long time since I've, it's been a long time searching, I should say, for somebody who had the ability not only to understand it, but to articulate it in a way that we can all relate to. Jaron Jackson is that person. He is, he is a very well-schooled person on common law. And as you'll hear, in his, he's, he comes from West Point. He is, his father and uncle were both lawyers. And he has taken on this task of becoming an expert not only in common law, but to understand how that completely establishes kingdom law because it is all rooted in the Bible. A great voice, and I think you're really going to enjoy this show tonight. Now, Patriots, before we begin tonight, one thing that's always going on is this attack on our food system. It's crazy. You know it is. You know that these people out here are trying constantly to make it difficult for us to plan the next event, They're raising the costs of food by virtue of inflation and reduction in supply. And we're into some critical moments right now. So... It's important to have a good food plan, a good emergency food plan, and the best way to start that is with My Patriot Supply. Patriots, food is something we all take for granted, until it's gone. As tensions continue to escalate, our fragile food supply chain will break down. One news headline spreads panic like wildfire, and grocery stores are stripped bare within hours. Do you have a proper supply of emergency food on hand? If not, now is the time to get some while things are still relatively calm. The company most Americans choose is My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's largest preparedness company with millions of satisfied, self reliant customers. Go to preparewithbards.com for your one week emergency food supply. And it comes in an easy to transport ammo can that's loaded with delicious meals you'll love. There's no skimping with these meals, offering 2,000 calories per day. Don't skip the special $30 savings available this week only on the one-week emergency food supply. Go to preparewithbards.com and prepare for what's coming. Preparewithbards.com. Oh, yeah. Preparewithbards.com. Those are kind of a cool little deal they added there, the one-week supply, which I'm I'm going to get one for the Jeep to throw that in there. Never know when you're going to be driving along and then suddenly you get caught and surrounded by a bunch of zombies and it takes you a little while to fight your way out. In this day and age, it's not actually impossible because we could actually be in these little swarms of zombie nests. Like if you're going to go visit a city and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, it's not going to be easy. It'd be like fighting your way out of an anthill. But go prepared. Always carry a machete, carry one week food supply, Carry a shotgun. <laughs> a few other things. Make sure you've got a four-wheel drive. Make sure you've got big tires. And make sure you got four-wheel drive low on your vehicle. So just like drive over them, right? Okay. Look, there's a lot of crazy things going on in our world. And what we are witnessing here is a real conflict at the legal level. And what I've suddenly had my eyes open to is how we're getting trapped in their trap and we're not turning the tables and holding them accountable and turning them into the prey. And that is the basis of our understanding here, of the direction we're going to be going is how to transition us from where we are to this amazing place of where we can be. And that is taking power back to the people. Literally, we the people, now we're going to be able to start taking the power with common law. Now, this isn't going to guarantee 100% victories, but I will tell you the things that I've been seeing are amazing. Jaron just sent me over uh, yesterday a, a, uh, a decision. Sorry, I'm trying to get the right word. A decision that was on a gun rights issue using common law. And this is why this is such a big deal. Because this person who won the case... To have a, a, have a handgun was a felon, a convicted felon, and they he, they won the case based on property rights, which under common law, you're not allowed to deny somebody property rights. These are big cases, and it's also dismantling the BATF, which is no sorrow on my side of the things. But anyway, this has real real power in our legal system and it's something we are going to have to now really start to learn and dig into and I will tell you that this is all the framework for Operation Vineyard and it's going to be the framework under everything under Bard's Nation as we go along but Operation Vineyard is operating completely under common law so when people ask me like where do we begin with Operation Vineyard here's your starting point right here learn common law and no better way to start than tonight's show And before we get going, one last reminder from one of our great sponsors that they also want to take your money and they're coming fast. Patriots, as central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the U.S. With a digital currency, the government could track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Gold held tax sheltered in a retirement account. Learn if gold is right for you too. Text BARDS to 989898 and they'll send you a free info kit on gold. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Burst Gold has been helping people for years. Text Bards to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold. Because if a central bank digital currency becomes a reality, it'll be nice to have some gold to depend on. Again, text Bards to 989898 and do it today. All right, Patriots, without further ado, let me introduce you to Jaron Jackson.
1: The Great Commission, when Jesus says in Matthew 28, all power in heaven and on earth are given to me. And he goes, go ye ye therefore. That power, um, the definition of right in Black's Law Dictionary is the power of free action. And the reason why government is designed to protect our rights is because in the Christian worldview, Jesus grows his government through his church. He doesn't grow his government through the state. And so, our founders who love Jesus created a state that's very limited according to specific provisions so that people can be maximally free. Because in their maximal freedom, they have the right, power of free action, to glorify Christ and to worship him. And that's why you have such freedom and prosperity in America, because your rights are given to you by God, which means you, if we're Christians, are going to be using what God gives us for his glory by serving and loving other people. That's the bridge between the Bible and the common law is the Great Commission.
0: Well, patriots, I'm, I'll am i tell you about the interviews we've done. This is like one of the top I'm excited about. And this is Jaron Jackson. Uh, he is a retired captain, I guess would be the right way of saying that. He was a West Point graduate, did two tours in Afghanistan, and he'll tell us about his story. But This man is a common law guru, and this is why I'm so excited about it. This is the foundation, literally the legal framework of how we reestablish kingdom authority on this earth, in particular our country right now. And so I'm super excited to welcome Jaron. Jaron, how are you? Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, God bless you, Scott. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, Jaron, you and I have had a lot of great conversations. We had an hour or so last week, and then we just had a pre-show conversation. And where I just want you to begin is to tell people a little bit about yourself so they can get familiar with your background, as I very quickly touched on it, and then we'll step into your passion and love for freeing people through common law.
1: Yes, sir. Um, Most important thing about me is that I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian, first and foremost, Uh, and really, if no, if anyone hears anything that I do, if I don't preach the gospel, shame to me. Um, so I was saved in 1997. Uh, I was 16 when the towers fell, uh, joined the army because I wanted to go kill bad guys. Uh, went to West point because people told me I couldn't, um, graduated, went infantry. I did army ranger. I got my tab, not a scroll. So I'm a conventional guy, not a special operations guy. Uh, deployed two times to Afghanistan as an infantry guy and just really got to see the ravages of war. Um, I understand what it's like to get shot at, blown up, kill people, lose friends. And I learned and I saw the military industrial complex firsthand. Um, And I got out after my first or excuse me, after my second deployment, just because I saw the fraud, waste and abuse. I mean, I, I saw I saw the perversion of our military up front and I saw how we were just killing people and we didn't we shouldn't have been doing that. Um, so I got out, I ran for office. I didn't know what I was doing, uh, because I told the truth and people don't like you when you don't try to impress them. So, uh, I ran for office and, you know, lost, (laughs) uh, in 2020, I owned a couple of restaurants. They got shut down because of COVID. And over the last three years with everybody else, it's just been managing what's true and what's false. And for me, it's, Um, let God be true and and every man a liar. So I try to bend every idea back to the Bible. I try to make everything captive to Christ. And um, because I believe Christ is on the throne, I believe that everything should be done for his glory. And that really got me into a position where after my last state Senate race run, which happened last year, long story short, I felt a lot of pain. You know, lost my dad, um, lost businesses. I've had my reputation destroyed. I've had a lot of people come after me. And that just forced me through the pain to figure out what's the fundamentals in this nation, get back to the basics. And I stumbled upon a brother in the Lord. His name's Dave Jose. He teaches common law. He's taught me a lot of things. Um, And through that relationship and just reading and reading and reading, um i understand i believe by god's grace the founding fathers wisdom which is based on the common law which is a christian tradition of applying the wisdom of god through the scriptures to life and it is 100% lawful and my method is i don't want to say anything that i cannot prove and show in writing uh and i think the consequence the simplest way to put it is government is just an idea it's not real. It's not a rock. It's not a tree. Uh, It's not a real tangible thing. It's a story that we believe in our head about how power is used. And after public schools and public education and mass media, most people believe the story that government is in charge. And that's just not what our founders gave us. They gave us the opposite. And so part of the common law, the consequence of that is to teach people that they have the political power. um, And by his grace, I want to show people how. So anytime you got an issue with government or the law, um, we need to get back to the basics. Uh, And so it is written is kind of my mantra. That's what I care about.
0: That's an awesome intro, brother. I'll tell you right now. All right, let's start with some just some basics. What is common law?
1: Yeah. Uh, How did I know you're going to ask that? Um, I'm going to first go to my Black's Law Dictionary because, again, I don't want to say anything that people can't prove. Uh, Black's Law Dictionary is the dictionary that law schools use. It's the dictionary that courts use. It's the dictionary that lawyers use. So it is the dictionary that tells you the meanings of words. I'll also say that the newer versions of Black's Law Dictionaries are starting to reduce the meanings of words because... People want to hide knowledge. Uh, you can go to Luke eleven fifty two. Jesus says, "Woe unto you, lawyers, for you have hidden the key to knowledge." Um, so, common law by definition is quote This is a common This is a Black's Law fourth as distinguished from the Roman law, the modern civil law, the canon law, and other systems. The common law is a law and juristic theory which originated, developed, and formulated, and is administered in England. The so what is that? It's the relationship, and this is me now paraphrasing. It's the relationship between government and people according to rights and property. So the common law is the relationship between people who hold their rights and the government that is instituted for no other reason except for the preservation and the defense of rights. But I want to point out something real fast. The very beginning of the definition says that it's distinguished from, which is a way of saying it is not these other things. So whenever you hear statute, like Congress passes a law, Cong- you know, you got congressmen, they write legislation, it gets passed into law. That law is not common law. That law is not law of the land. The judges, the officials, the bureaucrats, the president, the lawmakers, they are sworn to the Constitution, which is the law of the land. And if you look in your Black's Law Dictionary, the definition of law of the land, there's part of it that says enactments from the legislature are not law of the land. So many people looking at statutes, thinking these crimes, think J6ers, think anybody else, they're looking at these statutory permissions going, oh, no, that's the law, when it's very clearly not. So the common law is the expressed way that Christians bring the wisdom of God through the Bible to manage the affairs of government and because america is a republic a constitutional republic the definition of republic is that a form of government whose affairs is open to the administration of the people so our our government is open to be administre- administered by everybody that's a republic you are the boss and because we are the boss we need to know what the law is so that whenever our government screws up Whenever the servants are not doing their job right, the master has to correct them. And so a Republican form of government, Article 4, Section 4, that has to be guaranteed in every state, is one in which the people have all political power and by right are standing on the law of the land to correct everything in government when it's wrong. And I wonder if you can think of anything that's going wrong in government
0: right now. I'm sure we can come up with a couple of things. Let's also add another basic here, which is Black's Dictionary, Black's Law Dictionary. You say, you were specific to say fourth edition. There's a lot of debate on which editions. I have a new edition. W- what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, uh, I would I would do anything fifth or earlier, uh, and that's because usually words grow in their meaning; they don't get reduced in their meaning. And you can look up words like "court of record," for example a court of record in Black's law fifth will have specific inclusions like specific ideas. But if you start looking at court of record, 10th, 11th edition, those provisions are out. And the reason why that's important is right now uh, you can conduct a court of record through the mail. A court of record is nothing more than an act. uh, It's nothing more than a, than an area where there is a judicial officer performing a judicial function and that has a memorial record of acts and proceedings. So if you go through a notary public and certify what you send, you're keeping a memorial of your acts and your proceedings. Well, that's a court of record. But if you go through your more recent dictionaries, they will take that out and start to say that it has to have a seal. It has to have, um, you know, different types of, uh, you know, functions. And the reason why that's important is that words are the building blocks of sentences and sentences are how we communicate ideas. And the law is nothing except for that which has been laid down. That's the definition of law, that which has been laid down. And so if your constitution has words, every single one of those words has meaning. And so if you dilute the meaning of the word, and I mean, we do that today, like marriage, love, gay, transgender, pronoun. I mean, we change words all the time. And if you go back to the garden, Genesis 3, verse 1, the most subtle creature in all creation, the serpent, the very first thing he did, the, literally the oldest trick in the book is getting people to doubt what God says. Words, spellcasting, word games, mind games. That's the psyop. That's the info op is getting people to say one word, but have different definitions. Uh, so I would use earlier, uh, versions of the Black's law dictionary. Um, but Black's law dictionary is what the law profession uses to define words.
0: So first edition, second, third, or fourth edition is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. I I have a first edition. I think I bought it for what, 250 bucks. Um, and and they're good investments because, I mean, these are what the words meant whenever people were writing what they intended. So, you know, if, if I want to look up and I'm just spitballing, but let's, you know, look up the definition of tree, you know, it won't be in the Black's Law Dictionary. But if if there was a definition when the Black's Law was first published, that's probably the definition that the founders intended. Versus today, you know, you've got the woke ideology of colleges or lawyers or people just looking to uh, infect freedom uh, by altering meaning of words. And those are the people that are now distributing uh, the dictionaries. So I, I like printed. I like old. I like earlier editions.
0: Excellent. Now, let's start talking about how one begins with understanding common law.
1: I think the, the easiest thing to do, or well, I, I shouldn't say easiest, the, uh, it's simple. It's not easy. The simplest thing to do is remember at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is preaching about the wise man builds his house upon the rock, the foolish man builds his house upon the sand. I think that is the greatest um, word picture of epistemology in all of creation. Jesus is effectively saying, build your knowledge on me. Do not build your knowledge on not me. And so as a Christian, I look to the scriptures and I say, you know, Jesus said, John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we want to know what God says in order to know who he is, what his nature is, what he wants. Well, likewise in the law, you need to go to the very foundation. The very foundation in this nation is the constitution. So you need to go down to what is written in the constitution and understand that. I will say that, your, uh, your 50 states have their own constitutions. And most people don't know what they say. Um, and because they don't know what they say because they've never read what's written, they have no idea. I'm looking at Oklahoma. I'm in Oklahoma. I'm looking at the Oklahoma Constitution, Article 2, Section 1. It says, quote, all political power is inherent in the people and government is instituted for their protection, security, and benefit and to promote their general welfare and they the people have a right to alter or reform the same whenever not not at election time not you know only when it's suitable whenever the people can alter or reform the same whenever the public good may require provided the such change be not repugnant to the constitution of the united states which means that the people can change government remember government's not a thing it's an idea it's a belief and because government is a belief The people with all political power can literally change the way that the government behaves because they can reform the belief. If government is doing something right now, and that is in trespass, that is a bad interpretation of the Constitution. So those of us with the right interpretation of the Constitution can change the way that the government behaves because we can correct what it believes. And that's really all, I mean, that's written. Like that, that, that is article two, section one. And it's got every constitution speaks like this. I mean, you know, you don't, I'll I'll just put you on the spot. Name, name me a, name me a state, a random state, any state of the 50. And I'll, I'll find it in 20 seconds.
0: Okay. Let's do Idaho,
1: Idaho. Let me scroll up. You just go to ballotpedia, go uh, Google ballotpedia state constitutions, and you'll find all of them. Uh, I've never been to Idaho, the declaration. So it's article one. Let me do this article one section two says quote all political power is inherent in the people government is instituted for their equal protection and benefit and they have the right to alter reform and or abolish the same whenever they deem it necessary and no special privileges or immunities shall ever be granted granted that may not be altered revoked or repealed by the legislature. So I mean, like that's like literally every single state constitution has its own bill of rights or declaration of rights. And what that's doing, that's saying to the government, these are the things you can't touch. So every constitution is a public trust. You think about rich people, think of the Rothschilds. The reason why the Rothschilds are so wealthy for many reasons, strip away the emotions. strip away what you think. The reason why they're wealthy is because they have an express private trust. The express means that it's written, so they have something written down. Private means that it's not in the public, and it's a trust, which means it's an entity. It's it's a, it's a thing designed to hold assets for the future. In the common law, based on Christian ideas, we want to let our yes be yes and our no be no. So it's Jaron Jackson... It's not a corporate fiction. The only corporate fictions that the common law permitted were trusts. And this is whenever the book of Proverbs says, lay up wealth for your children's children. The Bible speaks about giving wealth and laying aside wealth for the future, which is why the preamble of the constitution says, and to our posterity. So all of our rights are enumerated and secured because we want to bless the future we want to bless other people we want we want good things for people um and so the rothschilds have a trust and that trust is in the private which makes it not in the public and because our constitution is a public trust the public police powers of government only hear this they only rule and govern that which is in the public and so if you are uh you know conducting yourself in the private No public police power can affect you. That's why we have private membership associations like the NAACP, uh, the Bar Association. The Bar Association is a private membership association. That's why whenever you go to law school and you graduate, they say you need to take the bar exam. That bar exam is nothing more than an admissions test. That the private membership association of the bar association says, okay, yeah, you pass the bar. And then what that does, it allows members, the bar attorneys, it allows the members to practice law in court for profit, which is otherwise illegal. So attorneys are making money when they go to court, which is an illegal thing for you and I to do. But because they are members of a private association, they can do it out in the open. And no one can stop them because they're conducting a private, uh, you know, activity. This is why uh, Texas during prohibition had so many drinking clubs. Everybody knew they were drinking alcohol. Everybody knew they were distributing spirits and all sorts of stuff. But how were they able to get away with it? Because they were private membership associations. Because the government is in the public. And if you are in the public, you are going to fall underneath the purview of the public powers of the public trust but if you're in the private, they can't touch you. I can, I can go all day. So, you know, don't let me, don't let me wander too much. I can, this covers everything. It's an entirely different way of thinking because it's not the story that we believe it's, it's the story our founders believed, but it's not the story we believe. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to speak, you know, I'll, I'll try not to, to, to go as long. So.
0: What I'm wanting to do is to bring this down in some tangibles, so we can start to see how this plays out. So I'm going to give some topics. Let's let's start with a common one: taxation. Taxation is illegal by our constitution, and yet it's done. How does if we're operating under common law? How does that operate within that structure?
1: Well, so and so the the question, and so the question. There's there's folly in this. And you know, I'm not not trying to offend, but it's it's about understanding what the fundamental is. The fundamental principle of law is that you and I have a right to property. That's it. So like we, we need to use constitution language. We have a right to property. What interest or what power has the government been delegated or granted to tax us? And then people would say, well, the 16th Amendment, and that's 1913. And that's when it all went downhill. At which point I'd say, okay, I, I understand and I agree with you, but does anyone understand what it means whenever Congress was granted the power uh, to lay and collect taxes over all sources of income in 1913? Because there is a um, a Supreme Court case, and I don't know it off the top of my head. I think it's, a. Uh, if you give me two minutes, I could probably find it. But there's a Supreme Court case from 1916 that specifies what the power of income tax was. And it was not income like you and i think income again this is word games in short the federal government has the power to lay and collect taxes on income which was really at the time in 1916 1913 it meant imports if you imported anything and this is in the tariff act of 1913 it literally says here's all the things that you can tax on you can tax on this and this and this i mean it's a laundry list of stuff that the federal government can tax because the taxation in this nation was on imports. It was not on your industry. It was not on you uh, you know, making stuff. You have the right to property. Your labor is yours. Labor is not a commodity and it's not an article of commerce. And so because of this, the government can't tax what's yours. But what we've done, because we've given up the definition of income to mean that which what we make we interpret income tax as something that is, uh, you know, what I get from my job. Well, let me ask you a question. If you have a right, is it exclusive or can someone tell you how to use your right?
0: That's going to be an issue of free will.
1: Yeah, it's it's exclusive because God gives it to you. Well, if God gives me my property, can the government tell me how to use my property? No. The Constitution doesn't allow them to. We'll find that one of the common tricks that the government does is it gets us to hold title in in manners and ways where the government can regulate. Like right now, most people listening to me probably have a title to their house that's tenants in common. Well, think about that. You're literally tenancy in common. You are a rentor, even though you own your house. And there's people going to say, well, I have a mortgage and it's it's my house. Well, no, because your title is tenants in common. That's why you pay property tax, because you've contracted with the government so that they can hold the title to your property, and because they hold the title to your property, they're going to regulate it, which is why they tax you. So, if you have a job and you're like earning money, you, you know, we 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 have this understanding that the government can tax what we make, and I I, I would challenge anybody. In the IRS tax code, anybody in Title 26, which, by the way, is a non-positive law, which means Congress never passed it, but find anything in Title 26 that says you have to fill out a 1040. Find me that. Find me that statute that says you have to fill it out. Now, of course, there will be people that are listening that will say, well, if I just don't do it, they're going to come after me. Yeah, you bet they will. Why? Because the presumption in law is that you're operating in the public. The presumption that the government will make is that you are someone that's underneath their jurisdiction. And this is because we don't understand the common law. We don't know how to clarify presumptions in law. We don't know how to stand on our rights. What we do is we get mail from government or we get sued or someone says that we're wrong or we're doing something wrong. And our first response is what? Let me go get an attorney. Let me figure out, let me go ask this guy what's going on. Now, for clarification, you know, my dad was an attorney, my uncle, my father-in-law. I love these men. These are good Christian men. Um, So I don't have an issue against attorneys. But what we're talking about today is the common law. We're talking about the fundamental principles of law in this nation. And that is you have a right to property. And the government, in my opinion, uh, well, not my opinion, the government wasn't granted power authority in the Constitution to compel you in the use, the acquisition, or distribution of that property. But we don't think like that because we believe the wrong story.
0: That's pretty amazing. So let's talk about that then and taking it a step further. And we'll come, I want to come back to property rights. But I want to talk about how we assume these rights then in common law. How do we make, start making that happen?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's as simple as preaching the gospel. I mean, um, you, you you announce, you notice, you tell people. You say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Show me where you have the power to stop me. Show me where you have the power to stop me from exercising my rights. And if you can't show me that I don't have the power, if you can, if you can show me that I don't have this power, then I won't do it, but I'm going to do this. Show me where you don't have, show me where you have the power and authority. Where was the constitutional power and authority granted to you to stop me from doing this? Show me that and if you don't respond then you agree the government does that to us all the time anytime the government sends you notice that's exactly what they're doing they're giving you notice which is a form of presentment which is a form of contract and that's why that's why article what's it article 1 section 10 of the US constitution and base, you know i you know in oklahoma it's article 2 section 15 uh where you know there can be no law you know, disrupting the obligation of a contract. Contract law is critical in this nation. And so if you're in contract with somebody, that's the law. That's a maxim of law, by the way. And the maxims of law, that's an interesting idea that's been hidden from us. The maxims are these time-tested, already proven, everyone agrees with them. They've never been disproven, you know, chief uh, examples of reasoning in the law. And this is what Thomas Jefferson was was speaking about, a guy named Edward Koch. Um, you know, these, these common law maxims are how jurists, how lawyers, how judges at our founding thought. They, they thought in terms of maxims. But today what we have is we think in terms of Supreme Court precedent, which is different. A maxim is a time-tested, never-been-disproven uh, truth. Like think like a proverb. But today, what we have is well, you know, it's it's that precedent that was established by Roe v. Wade or uh, Marbury Madison or any of these other things. Well, that's not the law of the land. Those aren't maxims; those are just precedents. And so there's a conflation. And so the way that I would do things, and again, I'm not an attorney, haven't been to law school, I'm not a member of the bar, you know, I'm, so I'm never giving legal advice. I'm just expressing how to. Uh, We're just, we're just two dudes talking about the rights in common law talking about our rights in the Constitution. I would put the government on notice, I would send it to appropriate parties. And I'd say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Show me where I can't do it. Show me where you have the power to stop me. Because if you can't, if you can't, then I'm going to by right.
0: Very interesting. Are you, are you referencing then statutes?
1: No, no, I never refuse, re- reference statutes. So statutes, if you think about so think about like a timeline from your left to your right. Imagine in your head, a little stick figure on the left side and then coming to his right is just a timeline. This is a power line of delegation. On the left, the stick figure, that's us. That's we, the people, that's people. God made us and then we in turn are now making government. And remember, government is just a belief system what we all think, the common story that we all believe. And so if you and I decide to change the way that we think about government, we've just changed our government. Now, I would argue Americans have laid down the law, which is the constitution. And so the more people that we can get to think about what the constitution says, instead of what the media says, we are literally changing government because we're getting people back to the basics and sort of by the whim. But continue this timeline. You got the people and then you got a right arrow that goes to a piece of paper that piece of paper is the constitution in that constitution it delegates power according to three different branches the executive the judicial and the legislative the legislature article one section eight has 18 expressed powers that it can do stuff on lay and collect taxes declare war uh naturalization uh equal weights and measure well um you know currency that type of stuff well, so if the legislature then was granted powers by the Constitution, the legislature then writing statute is, is now expressing what the laws are for government to do its job better. That's all statutes are. Statutes are the government telling the government how to do the government's job better. So when people are talking about, well, this is a law, well, that's a law for people that are sworn to the Constitution. When I was a military officer, army officer, I was sworn to the Constitution. Now that I'm not, I'm not sworn to the Constitution. I'm one of the people. I just read to you Idaho's Constitution, Oklahoma's Constitution that said the people have all political power. Now, if I'm one of the people and I have all political power and it's written in the Constitution, how can the legislature then write a statute that curtails or impedes my right? How is that possible? It's not. And that's because when the people created the constitution, the constitution created the legislature, the legislature then creates the statutes. The statutes are downstream and what is created cannot control the creator. I can't control God. God made me. I can't look at God and say, Hey, do this. I'm not in charge. I'm created. I'm his servant. I'm his slave. So God tells me what to do in the Bible. Likewise, the Constitution tells the government what to do. The Constitution doesn't tell the people what to do. And you'll you'll find this, and I challenge your audience, find me anywhere, in any Constitution, any code, any statute, any court ruling ever, that it says, the people shall, the people must, you will never find it. Because the Constitution cannot control the people,
0: it's fascinating. Let's start with business structures. Everyone sets up LLCs. We set up C corps. We set up structures of business, even in a sole proprietorship. And those are then, in turn, you get an EIN from the IRS, etc. Talk to me about setting up a business under common law.
1: Um, well, so anytime that you're setting, so these are all entities. And an entity is just a created thing. Again, this is just another figment of your imagination. It's a it's a fabrication of the mind. It doesn't really exist. It exists on paper. But an LLC, a sole proprietorship, a C-corp, or, those are all creations of the state. And because the state creates them, because you have to go to your secretary of state to get an LLC certificate, right? So the state creates it. And because the state creates it, the state owns it. Whatever you create, you control. That's a maximum of law. If you create it, you control it. If the state creates your business structure, the state controls your business. I believe that the LLC, uh, li- you know, limited liability, I think that's a hoax because the state controls it. And if the state wants to come after you, they're going to get their pound of flesh. You're not going to be be able to hide behind an entity that the state created to, to protect you. Like that doesn't happen. Now, again, not advice, but there's such things called a private membership association. And I would just stay out of commerce because commerce is regulated. So I would not conduct commerce. I would do memberships. And a membership could be, you know, Hey, give me 25 bucks for this membership. And I'll, you know, in exchange, a privilege and a benefit of your uh, membership with your $25 membership, a privilege and a benefit is this hamburger, or it's this, you know, whatever product that it is that you make, but it's, it's a completely different paradigm because you're no longer conducting commerce. If you're conducting commerce, you're going to be subjected to taxes. You're going to be subjected to regulations of the public trust. If you're in the private, you're not conducting commerce, you're associating and you have the right to associate all day long, first amendment. And if you associate in the private fourth amendment, they can't, no one, no one's going to know what, what your books say. Every LLC, there, I, I believe, you know, probably every statute's going to say, uh, you know, you got to keep the books. they, you know, they can, uh, you know, the government or whoever else can subpoena your books and know things. But if you're in a private membership association, you're in the private. There's a um, Supreme Court case, the NAACP versus uh, versus Alabama, uh, early 1900s. I think it's like 1906 or 10 or something like that. It's early. NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, a bunch of black people, uh, were sued by the state of Alabama, and the state of Alabama wanted to know who were the members of the NAACP, ostensibly because a bunch of white people in Alabama wanted to know who to target, wanted to know the black people in NAACP to target them to, you know, uh, you know go after them or whatnot, it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Nine to nothing, Supreme Court came back and said, nope, they have a right to um, conduct their interests privately. So if you are conducting your interests privately, um, the government can't do anything about it because you're in the private. And uh, just, just in case people get the idea that says that the Supreme Court determines what the law is, the paradigm you need to have for the common law, the Supreme Court, when it's acting lawfully and constitutionally, doesn't do anything except for repeat what the people already said in the constitution because the constitution says you have the right to peaceably assemble the constitution says you have the right to be secured in your person's papers houses and effects so the naacp versus alabama decision 9-0 that says that people may freely associate in the private that's just repeating the first and fourth amendment so that's not a precedent that's just the supreme court repeating what's lawful and there are times, just for your you know, interest, there are times that the Supreme Court does say things that are unlawful. They absolutely do um, because they're fallible. But there's a maxim of law that says constitutions and law precede the judiciary. So if anyone ever says that the Supreme Court determines and clarifies the law, they're giving up the fact that the Supreme Court is an entity that was empowered and granted powers by the Constitution. Well, where'd the constitution come from? The people. So the people made the constitution. The constitution made the judicial branch. The judicial branch specifies the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's occupied by people, you know, by actors, by servants, people sworn to the uh, constitution. And so whenever they make a decision, how can they make a decision to take away the people's power? It's a created entity. So for your business construction, if you're constructing something using the state, the state's going to own it, which is why you're going to, you know, you're going to be regulated out the wazoo, but if you're doing something privately, the state will never touch it. And again, that's just I, you know, again, no advice. Um, that's just a matter of notifying notifying government, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm going to form a private association. I would not even tell them. I'd tell them what the name is. Hey, I'm going to form this private association, and I'm gonna, you know, freely associate with people. If you have any uh, power to show that I can't do it, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to do it." And then that's it. I wouldn't, tell them what the, I wouldn't tell them anything that the private membership association says. I wouldn't get, show them any of the documents. I wouldn't do nothing because they're in the public. Once you give someone in the public what is private, it's no longer private. Now it's public.
0: Well, this is really similar to when you're doing IP law by the way, I mean, it's because intellectual property is stronger than a patent. People just don't understand it, but you just hit a key thing. You have to secure these things, these rights, or the minute you violate it, it's gone. Right. So let's let's take this a step further. So, so I'm gonna kind of walk this model. The concept you presented is there is an entity which we know of, it's called private membership association, very familiar with it. You've structured your 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 reason to assemble under a PMA now you're going to need to meet, have a mechanism by which you can do commerce. That means a bank account. How do you deal with the PMA and a bank?
1: Yeah, uh, well, this is where I would encourage people to research. Uh, but there are there's, – there's words. So there's a uh, – <laughs> I don't want to target on my head. Um, the, the answer I would give is think of things that are foreign to the jurisdiction of the government. So if you are foreign to the government jurisdiction, it doesn't mean that you're international. It doesn't mean that you're in France or Germany or Italy. It just means that you're not inside the jurisdiction of, you know, the public trust. And so um, there are there are ways, there are forms the IRS recognizes. And again, I am not giving advice. If you do stuff based on what I say, you are liable, not me. You need to do your research. But um, there are foreign there are papers for foreign entities um, that if they're instituted and created outside of the public jurisdiction, they're foreign to the public jurisdiction. And, you know, again, people can go read the tariff act of 1913 and they can go read title 26 and they can find in there or not find in there uh, the power to tax foreign entities by the federal government. So that's that. I I know that's uh, not straightforward, but, um, I don't want to be known as the guy telling people to do things to avoid the IRS because that's, you know, what gets targets
0: on your back. I understand. So, no, I totally get it. I mean, we're, what we're talking about here though, is PMAs and setting up a bank account. That's what we're saying. Correct. All right. Yeah. So that, and so what you're saying, what I'm understanding you to say is if the proper forms are filed, there is a way in which you can still acquire a bank account and be in compliance with as a foreign entity in the private
1: with the IRS. Correct.
0: Okay. That's, that's what we're saying. We're not talking about avoiding anything. I want to be just very clear here.
1: Correct. Yeah. No, I, I, anytime, anytime you start to think about avoiding that's a, like I said before the show, uh, you know, with you in private, like that's a slave mindset. So if you ask me, how do I avoid paying taxes? I'll never answer that question.
0: And that's why I didn't
1: because I hear all all I hear is I'm a slave, Jaron, free me and that's not my job that's that's the holy spirit like the circumcision of your heart after you believe the gospel you're born again now you have the trust to have faith in what god says and if that's the case you're not going to look to go- to government as an idol you're no, you're no longer going to look at government as the one that's allowing you or enabling you to do anything like peter said in acts 5:29 uh you guys can obey who you want to but we're going to obey the lord so I'm going to do what God says. And in this case, um, I believe because our, our founders were Christian and they gave us the common law, they gave us a constitution. I trust that. I, 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 have, I have faith in the constitution as the law of the land. Uh, and as a result of that, that's what I stand on. Um, but I, I don't try to avoid anything. If I, if I owe something, if I have a debt, if I have a liability, yeah, let me know. Tell me what I owe you better swear to it. <laughs> you better swear that I owe it. You better show me evidence that I owe that thing. But yeah, if you have evidence that I have a liability to you, I will absolutely pay it because I want my
0: yes to be yes and my no be no. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about property. There's a big push around of doing land patents. And all of these things I get sketchy on, just like I do with state nationals, because you're within a system and we're it's within their system not within the common law system of it's related to God or founded in God's word so let's talk about land and talking about the titles of land people you mentioned it already people we people pay off their land even and you get a deed you don't get the true title of the land so let's talk about that
1: yeah so a title is just i mean if you think about what a title is it's just announcing the thing that you're talking about like my title, I'm one of the people. That's my standing. That's my status. So when the law looks at me, the law looks and says, okay, this is one of the people. What does the people have? Well, they got all political power. Okay. The people have rights. Okay. So this guy right here is one of the people. So if you look at a piece of land, piece of property, let's just be basic. You know, I'm, I'm out here on some acreage. If I look at my land, the government's going to look at that and it's going to say, what is that? How is that title held? What's the title of that land? Is it going to be held in tenants in common? If so, we're going to treat it as though it's held tenants in common. If it's it's held in fee simple, we're we're going to treat it as though it's held in fee simple. If it's held in fee simple absolute, hint, hint, if it's held in fee simple absolute, we're going to treat it as though it's held in fee simple absolute. But when people buy a house and most people probably will just blow right past this. I know I've, I, I know I have every time. Cause I didn't know. You know, the closing company, they're going to ask, how do you want to hold title? They've they, I've, I've, you know, I was in the army. I don't own multiple homes. I just own the one, but all the times I bought a house through my many moves, there was always this question. How do you want to hold title? And every single time I'm just sitting there like a dumb guy going, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know how I want to hold title. I don't even know what that means. I've never been taught this. I have no idea. And then someone, and you know, inevitably at the closing company says, well, most people hold it tenants in common. I was like, yeah, yeah let's do that. Well, then what what you just did was you chose by right because you brought the property. It's yours. You have a right to property. And now, now you're going to determine how to hold title. You realize that it's your decision how you hold title. So you are choosing how you hold title. Well, I hold title in Tenants in Common. Okay, well, then the government will treat you as though that property is held in Tenants in Common. So it's the same idea. It's when when we notice the government and we tell the government, here's what I'm going to do. Show me the power. Show me the, where the Constitution um, granted you the powers to, to stop me. Or yeah, not that, but like, show me the constitutional powers and authorities you were granted to prevent me from holding property in xyz and if you don't then you know whatever but again i I don't want to get advice folks i'm 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 giving i'm giving incredibly powerful knowledge that's taken me a long time to get you don't want to just start sending things off that's probably the worst things you can do because you're going to get yourself hemmed up um but people, because, and it's not because what I'm saying is wrong, it's because the system has every incentive to not do what it is that we're talking about. So if you don't understand what you're doing, they will ask one or two questions or send this paperwork or this whatever, and they will get you off that foundation. And unless you're sturdy and standing firm and you actually understand what you're doing, you're, I mean- they're going to, you're going to lose. Um, you know, they'll, they'll just ask that question. It's like uh, when, when Satan asked Christ in the wilderness, you know, he quoted Psalm 91, but he added to Psalm 91. He just, you know, he, he misquoted Psalm 91 and and Jesus, instead of correcting the misquote, he just says, it is written. I shall not put the, the Lord that God to the test. So it, it's, it's less about correcting their improper engagement with us and us standing firm on what's true i don't know you know i hope that hope that makes sense but um for property rights you have a right to property that means you have a right to acquire property you have a right to possess property you have a right to distribute property so if you want to sell it you want to do stuff and there's a maximum of law that says he who owns the land holds it from this uh, from the dirt to the sky so i mean in the common law your property rights extend to outer space. So if you got crop dusters or what what are they called? Those um those people spraying stuff in the air, what are they called? Crop um,
0: oh, you chemtrail guys? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. I mean, if you got chemtrails, I couldn't think of it, I just thought of crop dusting. Um, if you've got chemtrails up above you, um, by common law, you have property all the way to the sky. Like, I mean, like that's your property rights extend to the sky. And and you saw this in Donald Trump. Whenever he wrote the book, The Art of the Deal, Donald Trump is famous for selling and purchasing air rights. That's how he was able to make Trump Tower look the way that he looks. That's how he was able to make it look the way that it looks, is that he would go to a shorter building and he would buy the air rights above that building. And of course, the people who owned the building was like, well, that's dumb. I don't really care. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll take your money. You can have my air rights. But what did, what did he do? He changed the, the skyline of New York City by buying and selling air rights. That's a common law idea. Donald Trump was doing it, what, 40 years ago?
0: Interesting. All right. So if you have your property currently in one format, can you change its status to a common law format?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, there is there is no – there the government has no power or – uh there is no granted power to prevent you from exercising your rights ever. And there's also no statute of limitation because rights aren't statute. Now, if you start to be stupid and say, well, this statute says that I have civil rights, a civil right is not a constitutional right. And so for people saying, you know, I, you know we got civil rights. Well, you're arguing for a lesser form of law. You're arguing for a statutory permission. Kind of like the state, national folks. Like, why would you ever subject yourself to Title Eight? You're going to let the government call you something. You know that's called a bill of attainder. Why would you ever do that when they're expressly prohibited? And it's because people just don't think about the what the law is. But for your property, you always have the opportunity to assert your rights. There's nothing. There's nothing they can do to stop you. And I'll, I'll go one step further. You have to have the due process of law. In fact if you look in the black's law dictionary what the definition of law of the land means you'll find the definition of the law of the land because we've all heard article 6 section 2 the constitution is the supreme law of the land you'll hear uh, the black's law dictionary says the definition of the law of the land is due process of law you cannot be deprived life liberty property without due process that means jury that means there needs to be people there which means if you got to court you you know, because I would, I would, I would encourage people to learn the common law, so they um, are are, you know, if they go to court, they are there in their proper person and not represented by uh, by counsel. But if you're asserting your rights, the government can't stop you, and they can't stop you unless there's 12 people in a jury box. At which point, you would get to tell every person in the jury box, "Hey, you guys got this right too." And this is the law of the land. Look at this constitution. And this trumps the statute. And the judge swore to it. So, And and that's the thing we have to understand is the government only exists to benefit us. From an express position, the government only defends rights. And literally every single government actor from the bureaucrat to the trash collector to the president of the United States swore to it so they're already in contract with you they're literally in a contract that says that they have to defend your rights and so we've got this contract that's the supreme law of the land and we don't point to it because we we just believe a bad story we believe that and again i'm not against attorneys but we believe we need legal representation we believe we need lawyers we believe we need people that come from law school that get us in the statute land that don't look at the constitution as a public trust where we are the beneficiaries. And just for people that are hearing me that, that hear the trust law component, every constitution is a, is a trust indenture. A trust indenture is, is an entity that holds assets that specifies rights and powers to benefit the beneficiaries. In our government, every single government in America, is a constitutional republic. It has a trust indenture called a constitution. That constitution was created by people and it's created by people for the benefit of people. And everybody in office that has power, whether it was me as an army officer and I got my power from Article 2, Section 3 where the commander in chief commissions the military officers, that's where I got my power from. I was able to lead soldiers and shoot people and drop bombs because of article two, II, section three, that's where I got my power. But every single person in government has sworn an oath to defend your rights. So if you know what your rights are and you point to the sworn actors, where the constitution that they agreed to, that they're in contract with secures your rights, they got nothing to stand on. And, and the last thing I'll say is that the the founders Their wisdom was to design government that bows when its master is present. So the people who have all political power need to learn to be the master. They need to learn to walk in truth and learn the law, which is common law. And you do that by what's written, not by these hokey conspiracy theory, fringe on the flag, um you know sign something in purple here's my blood thumb print on a piece of paper that's that'll get you laughed at man that's that's not what's in the constitution what we're doing now is we're only talking about what the law is we're only talking about the constitutions we're not talking about stuff you can't prove we're not talking about stuff that might sound good but most people just do it because they just don't you know we're oppressed we got tyranny we don't we don't like the injustice that's going on. And so most people are looking, you know, they're looking to hold on to something that they can grab that, that sounds good, that, that assures them that everything will be all right. Um, and I'm not here to be a cheerleader, but I am here to preach the gospel and to point people to what the truth is. And in this nation, the government is based on the constitution. We wrote it. It's all, it's all designed to defend us. Why would I not, you know, why would I back down?
0: That's awesome. It's probably a good place to close this interview, though I know people will want a whole bunch more. And that's what we're we're talking about. And I want to talk about this a little bit here. I know you have a program available for people to get, but and we'll talk about that in a second. But we've agreed that we're going to have a special edition of, of a class, so to speak, on common law with you. And that'll be open to anybody in Bards Nation, any of the listeners and it'll be a sign up and we'll set it up through our website. It will be a pay-as-you-wish membership type arrangement, meaning that you will have the ability to pay whatever your fee is you feel is appropriate to join this membership into hearing this show. And it will be you teaching, I think as we discussed, you'll be teaching from the coursework that you've already laid out to give people that block of time with, very specifics and and being able to address some questions and answers and then them able to empower themselves with the knowledge that you've given. Does that sound about what we talked about? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. And there's a lot of topics that you have. I could sit here and talk to you for three hours about this and we're going to do more, but I want to kind of leave this here because there's a, I think we should target to have this in about two weeks. Does that work with you?
1: uh yeah yeah uh, uh, absolutely
0: okay and then from there then we'll break it down to the fema regions the 10 which is those blocks of states so that you can go through each state constitution does that sound right
1: right yeah absolutely
0: okay this is good man You, you are you are literally the best voice on this i've ever come across
1: well i appreciate that
0: and i and we'll we'll Definitely continue this. I want to get, what I want to do is get, this as kind of a foundation. Where should people, it's in kind of getting their headset going. Where would you encourage people to go? I know you've got your, and I guess you have a website as well that they can go and they can get a common law foundation under them, which I think would be very important before they do the show anyway, or do the program with you anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, the couple things, you know, I, I, I obviously want to give. You know, all credit, all glory to God. Uh, I do have a good teacher. His name is Dave Jose. Uh, he's on Rumble. Uh, you can find him there. Um, but you know, for more information, I give a free common law seminar at commonlawpeople.com, commonlawpeople.com. I think it's like 12 hours of content. Um, and it just, it walks through the basics. Um, and if, if I could be so shameless, uh, my focus over the next year is going to be trying to get rid of election machine, uh, the machines and elections. Um, and if you think about it from a psyop perspective, most of the people in government are not used to being the prey. They're used to being the predators are. They think that they have the power. Um, and I believe that by learning the common law, if people got rid of election machines, it would serve two purposes, restore, you know, integrity to elections while simultaneously showing government and the people who's in charge. And so that's, you know, generally strategically kind of where I'm focused. Um, But as you said, I mean, the law involves everything. So, I mean, we could, I could talk about anything, not because I'm an expert in that vertical, but because I know the fundamental principles of the law. And once you know the fundamentals, you can pivot to anything because, it's the foundation.
0: I think that's fantastic. Well, brother, we always do a prayer at the end of the show. And if it's okay with you, I'll do a prayer. Yes, sir. Well, Father God, we just want to thank you for this amazing bringing of minds together here and this experience now of being introduced to Jaron. He is truly one of the great voices of bringing the the power of kingdom into our world and restoring the legal system in our land. And so begin our prayer just by praying for the blessings and resources to continue with him and the protection around him to continue to expand his voice and have it reach the many that are in so much need of this type of knowledge, a knowledge that has been subdued and and taken away and unfortunately over time by our own free will, a rights that we have given away. So, Father, we just ask that you bless all those that are listening and continue to bless the work that Jaron is doing to continue to reach out in a greater and greater capacity in ways that he can never imagine, to bring that message to the people, to literally awaken so many into their true rights and powers in this world that are authored by you yourself. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, this is a great show. I'm really honored to have you on, and we're going to do a lot of work together. We're going to have you at Bard's Fest. We're going to do this within two weeks. You and I, I want to hang on here after the show so we can work out a couple of things. I want to get a date set so we can announce it, and then we will uh, move forward to just making sure that as many people as we can bring to your common law teachings, we can get done. And of course, the other part that you and I already touched on was that this is going to be the architectural umbrella under which everything in Operation Vineyard, which we've been talking about, is going to operate under, and eventually in the entire network of the cooperative that we're building with Bards Nation. So this is all fantastic stuff. and really appreciate your time.
1: Amen. Thank you very much. Thanks for honoring Christ with your platform. That's the most important part.
0: Absolutely. We, we are our primary commission, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's absolutely true. So- well, bless you, brother. Hang on here until after the show, but bless you. Thank you for all you're doing, and just it's been an honor to have you on. We'll, we'll be talking to you very soon, so God bless. Yes, sir. Well, Patriots, that was Jaron Jackson, and truly one of the best minds I have ever come across on Common Law. Amazing. And he's going to be giving a class on, it'll be Sunday, the 30th of July, and we'll get those dates, we'll get the links set up, hopefully by the end of the weekend so you can start signing up. And I'm just going to say something here because it's one of these things. This guy, this man has given all of this material out here for free. And I and people like that, but I don't. <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt because this is an enormous amount of knowledge and time he's put in. This is what he's dedicated his life to. And I'm committed to helping him create some revenue streams that will help him financially. So this... Class that we're going to do will be done as a donation event. There'll be a minimum donation. You can donate whatever you want, but that's going to be how we're going to run these. Because just taking somebody's gift like this and not giving a gift back just just not it has never been the way I've walked. So I understand people have different means, and I don't want to limit anybody, and that's fine. And we're not going to make it impossible for anybody to attend. But my point is that. We have to be cognizant of the fact of how much knowledge is being given here, and what that value is in everybody's life, because this is literally some of the tools to free us all from some of this crazy slavery. So just be aware of that when this comes up, and, I'm, and we'll have a donation level, and it'll be won't be enormous. It'll, like maybe like five or ten dollars sort of thing, but I am going to I, I am going to insist on that because it's important to support him. And up to this point, like, you can go to his website right now, which I will put the link up under the podcast, and that's a completely free download for a 12-hour class. So there you go. But I still, and the reason he can't accept donations, by the way, is they've deplatformed him on everything. So we're going to help him out. This is where this is. So we're going to get this going, and it needs to be done. Someone asks, is it going to be a webinar? Yes. I don't know how else you think it would be. We can't fly everybody into the same place. <laughs> we can't get you all in one location. But he is, going to be at, he is going to be at Bardsfest. Be like, oh, we're doing Jaren in the 30th of July. You all have to pack into a van and get down to Tijuana because that's where we're going to be doing it. Anyway, there you go. All right, patriots. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards F- or for fishers of men. By the way, the comment about Tijuana, that was a joke. Don't start making getting tickets. That That would be a bad thing. All right. So anyway... Here we go. It's going to be a Zoom call, and you're going to have an hour for Q&A. So that's what it's going to be, the answer To answer the question. But, yes, it's going to be online. All right, Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now.
2: We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend,